The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Well, it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. What's up, everybody? It's Noah Scott from PitcherList.com, and I'm excited to tell you all about our new podcast, Short Hops and Tall Tales. Join me and Brandon Riddle as we discover some of baseball's wildest stories from the past and present, and dig up the strange legends behind some of the sport's greatest players, quotes, games, and more. Once a week, we'll take you to another corner of baseball history, with something for everyone, whether you're a baseball lifer or just someone who likes a weird story. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at ShortHopsPL and to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts to make sure that you never miss an episode. Short Hops and Tall Tales, coming soon from the PitcherList Podcast Network. Welcome back to Short Hops and Tall Tales, a PitcherList podcast highlighting the weird, funny, and bizarre elements that really make America's pastime special. I'm once again Noah Scott, joined by the all-star Brandon Riddle, and we are super excited to bring you all-star. A, yeah, all-star, uh, a, a very special, well, all-star presentation of Short Hops and Tall Tales this week. So we're going to switch up formula <laughs> a little bit, uh, just because the all-star game or the all-star break is uh, coming up very soon. Um, hopefully, this will be out before mm-hmm. before the festivities, if we can get around to editing it in time. But we'll see. So. Brandon, what do we have in terms of, you know, all-star content this week? So I like to think of every week we have all-star content, Noah. Uh, but this week specifically <laughs> <laughs> is all about the all-star game. There we go. <laughs> um, we're going to have, you know, all, yeah, we're going to have all-star, all-star moments, you know, the best moments of the all-star games. We've had nearly a hundred years to choose from now. Got some pretty good moments in there. We're going to talk about one of the best all-star events in any sport, the home run derby. Uh, but first, we're going to lead off with the all-star of all-stars this year, Shohei Otani, and answer the question, is he a demigod or an alien? Or what was, uh, what's going on there? <laughs> I think I think he's probably closer to a demigod, but you know, mm-hmm. like he's just having this magical season. So I know we talk about on this podcast a lot, you know, you we don't want you to have to be a diehard baseball fan to really get something out of this and and enjoy the stories that we're telling. So as a result, you might not be super familiar with what Shohei Otani is doing in the American League. So there's a lot of people have been throwing around like, oh, he's modern day Babe Ruth. This is a once in a lifetime you know, season that we're seeing from him. But Brandon, for someone who's less familiar less familiar with baseball why is this special and are there any comparisons that you can make to you know other players in other sports or is is he just the first the first Shohei Otani of his kind (laughs) yeah this is like you said an incredibly magical season uh hopefully magical career for Otani going forward uh you know we we talk about history in this podcast but you know you got to take a step back and realize when history is being made in front of you and that's just what he's doing Uh, so he is a two-way player in major league baseball so he both pitches and bats and that's notable enough uh however he pitches at an all-star level easily and cy young level candidate and he bats at an mvp level candidate as well um, I think at some point in the month of July here, he had seven straight at bats with seven straight home runs. And so that's mind boggling. He, he currently leads the league, right? With 33 home runs. Um, he's on pace to 
if I think at least tie Roger Maris's old record for home runs in a single season. Uh, he has elite speed. His pitching is over 100 miles an hour, solid ERA, solid stats all around the board. It's mind boggling what he's able to do with these such specialized positions in pitching and hitting yeah. uh, major league pitching as well. Um, so you asked the question, are there, is there anyone else like him in sports? Um, you know, I'm, I'm sure there is somewhere out there in the realm of, you know, worldwide sports. Uh, but in my mind, that's like, it's like having a quarterback at the same time be a safety at MVP levels yeah. in the NFL. Um, I don't know what that would be like in basketball. Uh, Michael Jordan-esque effort, the defensive player of the year and best offensive player. I don't know. It's absolutely magical. Um, you know, there are, you, you had mentioned so there are some comparisons to Babe Ruth. And Babe Ruth was a phenomenal pitcher in this time and a phenomenal batter. But rare did those actually coincide at the same time for the great Bambino. Um, his best se- season as a pitcher was in 1916. Um, he led the league in ERA, had 23 wins, great season. Uh, but he only hit three home runs, which, right. you know, in that time is still among the league leaders. Uh, but nothing <laughs> like uh, Tani is doing. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know that we've ever seen this before in baseball history. And I would even say that... That even Babe Ruth has not he has not done what Shohei's you know been doing because Babe Ruth also played in a time when baseball players were farmers and coal miners in the off season and it right was but you, you can't necessarily take that away from Babe though oh, no no <laughs> I'm not that part yeah <laughs> well, well yeah I'm just saying that Shohei Otani's doing it where people are literally you know in labs you know doing all this crazy crazy yeah. you know. Yeah biomechanics and, and science and stuff, you know yeah athletes and, today are and I think just, that he's doing it yeah yeah athletes today are just vastly superior to the competition that Babe Ruth was facing not to take away from him but it's just to give more credit to show right. uh yeah and 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 again Babe Ruth had great individual seasons pitching and batting but right. never really at the same not time the same and so time. I think that is what separates Otani is he's doing this in the exact same season yeah mind-boggling yeah. And, I and, love and what's what's crazy is that I feel like there's been a lot of a lot of hype and a lot of press surrounding Otani, but I feel like it's just not enough. Like I, I feel like you know within baseball he's very well known, <laughs> but I just maybe I could be completely off base here. But he is hitting these home runs. Like I think he hit like 16 home runs in 21 games, and it was almost like people were used to it. Like it was just automatic. Like he has 33 home runs in the first half of the season. That's more than mm-hmm. any Japanese born baseball player has hit across an entire year. You know, he I think Hideki Matsui, his, whose record he just mm-hmm. broke, he had 32. 32. Right? And Shohei's hitting, he's hit 33 in one half. And also he's pitching. Also, he, he's got elite sprint speed and stolen 12 bases already. Right. He's and it's that, like that is just so valuable to the team to create to generate wins. You know, he, he, he's yeah. not just going out there to do these great things. He's helping the team win on both sides. And the Angels especially need that. So it, it's marvelous to see. Yeah, exactly. And and I would I would go as far as to say that obviously, you know, baseball, we get this a lot in, in the sense, maybe not a lot like, you know, in, in you know what Shohei is doing, but we get a lot of like, oh, this guy's on pace to do X, Y, Z, but it's a 162 mm-hmm. game season. Inevitably, they fall off. I don't know if if it's just me wanting to believe or I just don't. I, I think Shohei could very well have a top five MLB season of all time this year. I think he definitely could break Roger Maris's record uh, for, you know, most steroids or most steroids, most home runs in a single <laughs> season steroids. without steroids. Um, there you know, you go. I remember Stanton made a run at, at 61 uh, a couple of years ago in 2017, I and I think he ended up with 59. Uh, and I just remember yeah, watching Ryan that. Ryan Howard made the run as well. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's I think that Shohei could do it like I really do. And And what's crazy is, OK, you take this this amazing slugger on one side of the ball. He's hitting home runs further than everyone. It's like John Carlos Stanton, but if Stanton could also throw a hundred miles an hour on the mound, right? He's, he's striking out you know, 30.7% <laughs> of all hitters he faces. So that roughly translates to almost you know, 12 batters a game is his, his K, K per nine. So that's like Chris sale on the mound. <laughs> like it's, it's unheard of. Absolutely. Um, so I know we're only halfway through the season, but do you think he can – hopefully we all want him to keep up that pace because we love those <laughs> magical moments. Yeah. But do you think he actually can? Because that's a lot of strain on the arm, a lot of strain on the field. I want him to. Yeah. I just I, – because it's never been done. We're in uncharted territory. I think I think that that's exactly it. We are in uncharted territory. He's doing things that 
if you if this happened in 1920, you know, and and you try to tell someone today, like, oh, you know, he did this, you know, he, you know, I, no one would believe him. Like Shohei is is almost he's got that element of Babe Ruth, like the mystique behind him. I feel like you know the the like you would not like he just hit the other day. He hit a ball into the third deck of of the Mariners Park in Seattle. Six players have ever done yeah, that. I, he hit it over the where where the stop, camera was pointed. Yeah. <laughs> I will stop what I'm doing to watch Otani start and to watch yeah. him bat. It, it, yeah. It's that level of mystique, like you said. Uh, yeah. So let's say he does keep on this pace. He hits okay. uh, 59 to 62 home runs, for example, and he, he has a, a solid ERA and X amount of wins. Where do you rank that for the best seasons of all time? Is that at the top? Is that below uh, You know, Barry Bonds? Is that below Ted Williams? Where do you put that? If I would, I, you know, I, I honestly hear the thing about this being so such an uncharted thing that he's doing is it's really fun to kind of think like, you know, how does this slot in with Barry Bonds? I would, if he could, if he breaks Roger Maris's record while also maintaining like a three, five ERA, like, I think that has to be the best, the best single season of all time, because you can't impact you. You really would be hard pressed to do more, right? (laughs) Like you, you, you can't. No, and especially because right now his best teammate, Mike Trout, who is, you know, in the conversation for having the best career of all time as well, has been injured for most of the season. Yeah. So when he comes back, this team is going to be so much fun to watch. And then you're both going to have the protection of Otani and Mike Trout next to each other, Mm -hmm. which can only help both of them. Um, They also have Anthony (laughs) Rendon. I overlooked him. Yeah. But it's just so odd that you may be having this best single season performance of all time right next to potentially the greatest player of all time. He's not even really playing this season. Yeah. Like, usually you think Mike Trout's going to have the best single season of all time because that's just yeah. what he's going to do. But no, it's his teammate and it's the best. Yeah. And I, I think in and what really spurred this kind of opening discussion is I was actually I actually was able to watch Shohei Otani's last start um, on on you know the other night against the Red Sox. And it, it was something that I'm going to, you know, tell everyone about, right? Because it was, it was, I saw this guy, he went on the mound, he threw seven, like, great innings, only gave up two earned runs. Also, he hit an RBI double. Like, I've never seen that before. You know, that's, I was in the stands, like, yelling to everyone around me, including one of my, one of my really good friends who actually happened to be his first ever live baseball game. I was like, you will never see this again. Like, <laughs> like, this is, this is literally history right in front of our eyes. And it's, it's amazing now, because he's, he's still so young. And wouldn't it be great, from my perspective, if Otani ushers in this new revelation of players that are two-way, and so, for example, the NL will inevitably go to the DH, but these players become so great that they just do away with the DH just on their own. Like, that would make me happy. It's <laughs> like baseball been, revolting against the DH. There have been <laughs> – yeah, I know that would make you – that would be thrilling – um, there, there have been a handful of players, even since Otani, uh, his, his debut that have attempted at least to do the two way thing. I know mm-hmm. Brendan McKay, uh, of the Rays was the latest play. I think probably the, the most notable mm-hmm. player, um, you know, who's tried yeah, to pitch and, and hit and it's just, it, it hasn't, hasn't worked out for him at all. Right. You know, and, and, and those, yeah, these players pop up once in a while where they try to yeah. do both. I think of a uh, Micah Owings as well back in the, mm-hmm. 2010s ish time frame he could wallop the ball and pitch decently but it never was never put together like otani so this is again completely magical moment where we'll see and and people people also like make the comparison to madison bumgarner who is you know a very he's a great hitter for pitchers (laughs) not great when you compare him to the rest of the league yeah and Shohei Otani is great when you compare him to hitters who, who, who it's, it's their job, you know, that's, like that's it, the difference. Yeah. That's the difference is Shohei Otani is a great hitter. Full stop. He's a great pitcher and full stop. I, I, that was a lot of confidence on the angels part to allow this, this, you know, almost golden arm to go bat or this bat that can easily be an MVP to go pitch as well. Cause we saw yeah. last season when he got injured that they're all pitfalls or possibilities that his body could break down. So, you know, that is possible. This is uncharted territory. So, again, it's just enjoying the moment we're at because we don't know how long yeah. this is going to last. It could be 10 years. It could be 10 more months. We don't know. And I feel like that is really the, the crux of that question. Like, can he keep it up? I think he can as long as he stays healthy, which is, it's, you know, that, that carries a lot that's, of the that's weight. That's always that the statement. question. Always yeah. the statement is health, right? But I think that mm-hmm. 
all things considered, if he's able to stay on the field, I think he will have a top five season of all time because this is and and yeah, he's in his own category. And then Otani is um, out in the other category, and he is also an All Star this season, obviously. Yeah, and he's also in the home run derby. Yes, he um, is in the home run derby. So we got a lot of players in derby yeah. this year, and I see you have some a pickup trivia related I to do. the home run derby. I do. I, I've got some trivia, but before before we close the book on Otani, I just wanted to uh, have this right. really dumb, co- you know, question for you, Brandon. Do you think that Shohei yeah. Otani could strike Shohei Otani out? Like, would you, well, do you do you think he'd hit a home run off of himself? I well, obviously if you just gave he, he him could, four like, at bats. Okay, I'll, I'll give you like say it's a game. You know, there he's we got go. Four at bats. What what is his his line at the end of that game? Oh well. Depending on the day, how everything he's doing, he's giving it, it's at least a one for four day because uh, yeah. he is a good pitcher, but he's a better batter. It's, this isn't like exactly. a Zach Greinke scenario where Zach Greinke uh, magnifies himself and things. I think I can hit off myself if you know I, I'm getting this kind of <laughs> count. Um, I think Otani at least gets a hit off himself, and that's a good day. Yeah, no, I, I think I think you're you you pretty much nailed it. I I don't think he's gonna go four for four. I think he'll he would probably hit a home run because he can hit. You know, hundred mile an hour gas. I think he could. I think he could. I think he'd go one. one I'd, I'd watch I'd that even, game. I go. I, I'd say he'd probably go like two for four, two for five with like a single and a home run and like maybe a strikeout. You know, like I, I feel like it'd be a he, he'd get the better Oof. of his his pitching That's, side. I'm I'm not sure you're uh, giving enough credit to the pitching side there, but I'll take it. <laughs> I I think I'm just giving more credit to how how amazing he is at hitting. <laughs> like I, I like I said, like he's a great pitcher, but. But you, yeah, it's true. I, I think we're just—it's so easy to get caught up into his like last two weeks' performance when yeah, he's put up, true. you know, eight, nine, ten home runs in like two weeks. It's incredible. Yeah. Uh, not two weeks, sorry, like a week again. That seven home runs in a <laughs> row. <sighs> yes, I, yeah. I love it. But you're right. Uh, it is he's he's going to be in the home run derby, and he's actually going to look to be the first ever player to complete the All Star Break Triple Crown. That is to hit in the home run derby. And then both pitch and hit in the all-star games. That will be in, if, if he's able to pull it off, that'll be a treat. Uh, but, you know, back to the home run derby, one of my favorite events in all of sports. And I've got some trivia heading into the all-star break for you. So the first question. So Ken Griffey Jr. is the only player to have won the home run derby three times. Now, which other two players have won it more than once? Okay, so... They've been going, so they are, the um, Home Run Derby started officially, like what, in 85, I want to say? Yep. Is that right? Around then. Okay, 85. Okay, so, like, and I, I guess unofficially as well, they used to have, like, almost monthly Home Run Derbies TV. throughout the seasons, yeah. going back to the 60s. Yeah, you had like, people like Hank Aaron and Willie Mays going off against each other. But just specifically, uh, the Midsummer Classic here, Home Run Derby, yep. I don't think Bonds ever won the Home Run Derby, not even once, I don't think. Um, I know in his 2001 season when he broke the record, uh, Luis Gonzalez won the Derby that year with like 12 home runs, something small. <laughs> um, so I don't think it's Bonds. Um, I remember Josh Bonds Hamilton. Did a, Bonds did win oh, a did. home run Derby though. Yeah, 1996. Okay. 96, my goodness. Um, <laughs> a smaller Barry Bonds. Can I go with, I feel like Sammy Sosa put on the show. So I'm going to go with Sosa. Uh, so Sammy Sosa won in 2000, but that was his only home run derby victory. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So there's only been three players, including Griffey to win it more than once. Okay. So I can, I can give you, who else we got then? All right. A couple of fun names. One of them, I feel like you're going to, you're going to be like, oh, that makes sense. And the other one, I feel like you're, you might find surprising. So the first one is Prince Fielder, which it makes sense. You know, he's, he was a monster. He won it in 2009 and 2012. Kind of, he he is definitely an all star game legend in his own right as well. And then the, what I this really mm-hmm. surprised me. It's uh, Yoenis Cespedes in 2013 and 2014. He won the home run derby back really? to back years. I don't know if I completely just blotted out those two home run derbies, or I just didn't watch them, or what, because I didn't I didn't know that he even <laughs> won it once, and I was just so surprised to see Cespedes's name up there with Fielder and Griffey. Yeah. So I think that's a really fun bit of trivia there. Um, now a, a follow-up question mm-hmm. to that. That is, it's, un, it's surprising. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a follow-up question to that. So which player has hit the most total home runs in Derby history? Okay. So, so not a single round or a single year across, but across multiple, total. 
across multiple derbies. Okay. So it would seem like Griffey would be the obvious answer, but that's not going to be the case because I think that would be too easy. <laughs> um, Smart. Prince Fielder would probably put up a good one. Um, I know Vladdy put up the most home runs in a single round. I think it was last year. Mm, um, 2019. But he didn't win it, obviously. <laughs> 2019, okay. Um, dang. Is it... it is it, uh, Fielder feels like a cheap answer, too. Okay, give, give me a guess. Give me a guess. Give me okay. a hint. Give you a hint? Okay, so he's never won a home run derby. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that I don't know if that help helps you very much. Um, <laughs> And it's funny because I've watched, you know, all of them because I love watching the Derby. I just I just don't know this answer, though. OK, OK, I'll, I'll give you one more. Uh, hint. So it was in the jo- he's, Josh he's, Hamilton. It's post not Josh Hamilton, but it's post 2010. Post 2010, not Prince Fielder, not Josh Hamilton. I am so sad and so sorry. I'm drawing the blank on this one. What we That's got? Okay. That's okay. It's kind of sneaky. So actually, uh, your your first answer, uh, you said Griffey. Griffey is actually, he's eighth. He has 70 home runs in the home run wow. derby, which is wild because 70. he's actually competed in eight home run derbies. I feel like he should have more, oh, right? Like, that's not that much. Wait a minute. That's not that much at all, right? <laughs> that's, no. that's fewer than, than 10 a derby. Um, Prince Fielder was fifth with an impressive 81 uh over his two two times competing uh two in, yeah yeah in 2009 and 2012 and then number and then you're right vladimir guerrero jr does have the most in a round that's from 2019 and he actually hit 91 in one season 2019 he's second he's oh tied he's second God. number one is jock peterson He's hit 99 home runs across two home run Josh derbies. Peterson, that's a name. That's a name <laughs> I would not have guessed at all. Yeah, yeah. So he's he competed uh, in 2015 and 2019. Uh, and remember, he had that monster. He and, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. had that you know crazy round together where they they hit like something like I want to say I can find it right here. You know. 40 home runs uh J- vladdy hit 40 home runs in the second round uh and jock hit 39 which is coincidentally you know the second most home runs in a single round you know it was wow. when they kept they kept going wow. and they they couldn't break the tie they kept doing the the swing off rounds and vladdy just edged him out and then it was too tired oh, to play yeah. the final and that's right Alonso. that was fun yeah that, was, that fun. was that was i think the best home run derby i've ever seen yeah, and I think that's a good segue to just kind of get, talk about the roundtable home run derbies. Uh, we'll get to the all-star, all-star moments, but we're kind of in the mo- in the mode right now when yeah. the zone of the home run derby. Yeah. Um, so you talked about your favorite home run moment, uh, home run derby moment. That was uh, Jock Peterson going back and forth. Um, I still remember how wrapped up I was seeing Josh Hamilton at Yankee Stadium mm-hmm. keep going hitting home <laughs> runs after another one after the other and this was you know in his redemption arc at the time yeah and it was just such a good moment it, it was I think it was right um after um you know cell phones uh, yeah. great picture of cell phones so you I remember early in 2000s and 90s 80s all before that you would have those moments where a big hitter would come up and the lights would flash everywhere throughout <laughs> the stadium but it felt like one of those moments uh, where every hit, lights would just flash all over the stadium because yeah. it was that kind of spectacle, especially Yankee Stadium. Um, yeah. So that was probably my favorite all-star moment besides, of course, um, Luis Gonzalez winning it in 2001. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that, that Josh Hamilton first round in 2008 was really special because that was the most home runs in a round. He hit 28. seemed like he just kept going. Ugh. And then when I you, you look at just for context, um, you know, the most home runs in a single round, the next so that's number four. The next three entries are from 2019, which is crazy. Uh, and two of them are, are yeah. Vladdy Jr. And this year's in course field. So records are going down. Exactly. So so that's what's really exciting about this year. Um, and I think that's one of my favorite parts about the home run derby is you don't really it's. You know, you don't really have to love baseball to, to love watching people hit home runs, right? Like, it's super exciting. You know, people just go and swing after swing after swing. And what's really amazing <laughs> about this year is it's in the best home run it's... park in baseball. It's in Coors Field, the elevation, balls are going to be flying, and it's... they're not storing them in, yeah. in the humidor, in the humidor, right? So they'll be, mm. they'll be flying Give out them of the aluminum park. bats. Give them aluminum bats. I think so. So it, it reminds, absolutely. <laughs> it, it reminds me of that uh, Simpsons quote when Merp McGuire came on the show and he goes, do you want to know the cold, dark, terrifying truth? 
<laughs> or do you want to see me hit a couple of dingers? Sock dingers. dingers. So yeah, yeah, get the ball out of the humidor. <laughs> have a great time. Yeah. So so okay. So now. We've talked a little bit about what our favorite viewing experiences watching the Home Run Derby. Now, who do you want to win this year, and who do you think will win? So I'm going to give you some first-round matchups. Okay, I'll give you some okay. first-round matchups. You've got uh, the first one. You've got Shohei Otani versus Juan Soto. This is, is I think, going to be the best matchup okay. of, the, of, uh, the, of the Derby. Th- this will definitely be a good one. Uh, I-, I feel they both want to show up and just own the game because they both have a kind of personality to them. Uh-huh. Uh, I think Otani may hold back just a little bit because he is that <laughs> two-way player and will be pitching and batting in the game the next day. That's so true. I may actually give this one to Soto just because okay. I think Otani may hold back to not break himself. I, I like that idea because there's also that... Uh... You know, because Shohei, he, he's going to want to manage that that stress on his on his body. Mm-hmm. And I also, I, I do think, though, I think you've got a great point. I think Soto may very well win. I'm going to pick Otani because I, I you know, he's, I'm not going to bet against him. And I, I would love to see him win. I do think that even if he <laughs> loses in the first round, Otani is more than likely to hit the furthest home run uh, in the derby. Because he, he hits, I think he's the I'll only give you person that. with. I'll give you that. With he's hit home runs, four home runs that are like 114, 116 miles an hour or greater. Like he hits the ball harder than pretty much anyone in baseball. Okay, so you've got Soto, I've got yes. Otani. So, so the next the next first round matchup, we've got Salvador Perez versus Pete Alonso. I gotta go with Pete Alonso. Yeah. So in in my home fantasy league, uh, we have a contest every year with the home run derby. And if your player is in it, you put you know five or ten bucks into a pot, and if you win, That's you cool. get the whole thing. Uh, the the polar bear Pete Alonzo was my player last year, and I won it. <laughs> so I'm gonna ride him hard again this year. So I'm going, uh, <laughs> I'm going Pete Alonzo all day here. So come That's on, Pete, right. give me that 15 bucks. Yeah, and I think I think Pete will feel he'll he'll be out swinging. He'll be pretty hungry because you know he he did win the home run derby in his rookie season in 2019, but he also won against a very very depleted Vladimir Guerrero Jr. who had already yeah. hit like 90 something home runs before the first <sighs> round. So I think I think there's a little bit, you know, where where he's gonna want to try and really prove that yeah he's he's the undisputed champ because you know he did it's not like he he and Vladdy got to face each other yeah. at full strength it was it was one of those instances where the undercard bout was was the real the, the real and main event. I I do want to point out as well how excited we're getting about this contest and Major League Baseball has a really good thing going with this home run derby. So I, yeah, I, like I think it. it's so who we got next. Yeah, so we've got. I think it's it's really the best all star event of its kind in sports, including the dunk contest. Mm-hmm. So we've got okay. So that's our first two matchups. Ah, now that's we've a whole got different story. <laughs> so then we've got we've got Joey Gallo and Trevor Story. I want to say I know this is going to be an an unpopular pick, and I'm 100 percent ready to be wrong. I got Trevor Story here for two reasons. One, it's his home park. Ooh. It's his home park at Coors. He's the most familiar with it. And two, I feel like people really sleep on Trevor Story as a home run hitter because he's, you know, he's a shortstop middle infielder. They do. They do. He, he, I, I know because I do the best bat flips uh, series at, at Pitcher List. And I, I watch, I've seen every home run this guy has hit for the last, you know, year and a half, two years. He hits bombs. He gives us some of the most <laughs> underrated bat flips in baseball, which I also think they should be graded on in the home run derby. More on that later. But I, I, I think that Joey Gallo, is obviously one of the top three home run hitters in baseball, along with you know Judge and Stanton. I just think that you know the the best guy doesn't always win. You know, in, in the home run derby, we've seen Stanton lose early. We've seen that happen where guys just mm-hmm. they get tired out because it's it, it you know you're just cranking home runs, but that's a lot of a lot of energy you're expending. So I, I think that Trevor Story is going to pull an upset here. Who do you have? Well, we always joke about, you know, this player, that player is going to strike out in the home run derby. Um, Gallup <laughs> may do that, but also still win the home run derby. True. <laughs> he's, he's, he's just my guy, so I got to go Gallo. Got to go Gallo. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I respect it. And then our final first round matchup, we've got Matt Olson versus Trey Mancini. I really want Trey to win. I, I really do. So those of you that don't know, Trey Mancini has overcome um, cancer. Uh, in the in the last, I think it was last year, he 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 or two years ago, maybe he had, he had to sit out because he, he contracted cancer. And yeah. he's so far since he's returned, he's just been this super inspiring story throughout baseball because he's just come back and just 
you know, been a, he's just been a beast, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to put it simply. So I really am pulling for him here. I would love him to, to win. Uh, but when I think of Matt Olson, for whatever reason, I think of forearm strength. Yep. <laughs> it, it just feels like he has that in him. So yeah, I would, I would love Mancini to win. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah, I'm going to go with Mancini too. Let's yeah. do it. Sorry, Matt. Yeah. Matt Olson is a great hitter. Matt, I think I think that's funny too because I I see Matt Olson and I'm just reminded of of the Bash Bros days of the Oakland days. <laughs> you know, like just the meaty yep, forearms. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, hopefully without the 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 steroids. So yeah. <laughs> so okay. So we we've, we've got our <laughs> so first really round quick done. then. Who, who yeah. got winning the whole thing? I got Otani. I think Otani's going to do it. I think it's going to be the biggest story. Otani winning the whole thing of the week. Okay. Yeah, I, that's who I've got. Okay. Um. I would love Alonzo to win it, uh, but I think I think Soto wins it. Soto, I think he's going to do some shuffling. I think <laughs> I think he's going to shuffle his way to the top. Can you imagine throwing Soto home run derby batting practice, and he you know takes a pitch and does like the shuffle on you? That'd be so distracting. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. That'd okay. Be great. So so I know we're you know I you know I, I I'm having fun with the discussion, so we can keep it rolling. But I'm having a great time. Let's do yeah. this. So, so, okay. So my first question here is which, so we've picked out our, our winners here, which historical player would you most want to watch in a home run derby? And I'm going to, for you specifically, I'm going to say that's not named Josh Gibson because we've, we, <laughs> of course, that's that fine. could be, that that's could be your answer, right? Fine. You know how I feel. <laughs> it could totally that. be your answer. I just, I just, you know, I'm, was, uh, <laughs> covering all, or, you know, an Oscar Charleston. I'm had have his book on me right now. <laughs> um, Okay. So I would you obviously can't say, you know, Babe Ruth, for example, but for the best show to watch the best show for Home Run Derby, I'm going to go with Reggie Jackson. I think Reggie, Reggie Jackson, Jackson would put on an amazing show in 2021. He would watch it. He'd bat flip, even though he's not running anywhere. He'd still bat <laughs> flip and he would own it. And, you know, we'll talk about him later on as well. Uh, but he would do some mammoth shots. So I would love to see Reggie Jackson in Home Run I Derby. Think- Today. I think you nailed it. I, I'm I'm racking my brain. I don't know if there's another player that I would love oh, to watch crank more home I, runs than, than Reggie Jackson. Who do you have? Yeah. Uh Bo would be another good one. Bo Jackson. Okay, that's that's uh-huh. a good one. I would love to watch Eric Davis. Uh or I he actually I believe he actually won a home run derby. I can double check here. Uh but Eric Davis was was one of those unreal players that could just really do it all. Yeah, he he was one of the two winners in nineteen eighty nine. Uh but he he was a player who could just hit bombs steal bases like he was an electric mm-hmm. player to watch until injuries kind of sapped his his strength so a little little under the radar there but he would totally be my my first pick also a great batting stance you're thinking who are you <laughs> i'm trying to yeah i i i am thinking i'm, I'm kind of going through the decades and trying to pull yeah. out certain names i think we'll put on an equivalent show of uh, reggie jackson for example um I think I think Ichiro hmm. would be hilarious because there's this 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 commonly held belief. I don't know if, if that's what you want to call it that that Ichiro had a bunch of power and just you know it just wasn't his playing style. So he he was you know a singles doubles hitter, right? But there is this all of these legends and stories about how Ichiro in batting practice would just hit hit baseballs to the moon. So I feel uh-huh. like you know really having like I would even take modern day like 50-year-old Ichiro. I would love to see him trot on out there and, oh, and have like an old-timers home run derby. That would be amazing. <laughs> I, I think that would actually be my my top pick. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. So so those are kind of some historical players we would love to see. Yeah. Uh, but w- what other kind of events do you think that Major League Baseball could do to get to this, you know, popularity of the home run derby to excite people about it? I think we need to just double like if down. Injuries on... didn't exist, <laughs> right? I think we need to double down on derbies. That, that's some good alliteration there. Uh, you, you know, and really, I, really go with. This is good. I, I would love to watch a pitcher home run derby, although that would never happen because of injuries and you know people like their days yeah. off. I think I, think... I re. I remember there being, um, if it wasn't this, you know, recently, maybe a couple decades ago or so, but the uh, Japanese league, uh, they had a. Uh, what do you want to call it? A contest of like cutoff men. Like they would run, they would have throw from the outfield to the cutoff that's to home cool. and who's most accurate and fastest. Kind of like a team event. That's so really cool. cool to see. I would, man, that would be so much fun to watch. That'd kind of be like the, uh, the skills competition at, at the NBA. All-star, I was thinking of that. Yeah. Break, right. Kind of along those lines, a bunting derby would be hilarious just because of yeah. you, you would get all of the, you know, all the old heads like, ah, you know, take that analytics or, or whatever. And also because it just, it'd be entertaining. You know, I know that they do it 
Um, they do it overseas where, where there's like targets on the ground and you've got to bunt and, and, you know, get them into certain, it's almost like curling with baseballs, right? And, you know, like, like (laughs) you've got to get it in certain, uh, certain scoring (laughs) spots, stuff like that. Um, I, I, I know in football, there are, there's sometimes to have quarterback competitions of who can just Mm -hmm. throw the furthest. Um, I know this will never happen because of injuries, but I want to see people stand at home plate and see who can get furthest over center field. That would be cool. (laughs) <laughs> that that would be that would be cool. really cool to see. Yeah, that, that sounds like a dan- a dangerous time. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, unless you're Ichiro. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think that a lot of my ideas about how to jazz up the All Star break are just centered around the home run derby. Yeah, it's tough to get better, uh, especially yeah. now with the format they have. You have timed uh, going against people. It's not okay. You have ten outs and just hits. Uh, it's more excitement now, and, and I absolutely love it. Yeah, I think when you're racing a clock, it, it fits a lot better with the home run derby. But I would, like you said earlier, like metal bats would be incredibly irresponsible, but incredibly entertaining. Oh, totally. Um, I think they should have like, I don't know, you could do some fun stuff with the baseballs. Uh, you know, I, I know they have like a money ball or something already. Um, but I, yeah, I, I yeah. feel like I feel like something like that would be cool. You could do like a knuckleball home run derby. That'd be kind of entertaining i don't know <laughs> maybe not so much <laughs> I, i'm just you you, know, you just nerd. spoke to me in a way i've not been <laughs> spoken to in a long time <laughs> yeah but uh i i just think the all-star break is is such a great opportunity to to try out fun stuff and to really showcase the fun elements of baseball for people who aren't necessarily fans yet uh, but enough about the home run mm-hmm. derby it's going to be airing monday night um, I'm going to be tuned in. It's going to be a great time. Let's talk about the actual all-star game itself. Oh, yeah. Some of the, oh, yeah. the great legends and moments that have come out of, of the midsummer classic. Now I want to kick something off, kick <laughs> it off really with my favorite, I guess, legend of the, the all-star game. And that is once again, surrounding, you know, Ichiro Suzuki and how for years now we've been hearing this story about how Ichiro would give these, you know, these iconic, legendary pregame speeches to hype up his teammates in the American League All-Star Explosive laden Exactly, exactly. And so very recently, within, I want to say the last week or so, The Athletic actually dropped a really, really cool story um, just with, you know, uh, essentially collecting a lot of the tall tales surrounding Ichiro. Um, It's by Corey Brock, Rustin Dodd, Jason Jenks. Highly, highly suggest you check it out and read it. But one one of the things that was really cool that they sh- they actually shined light on these speeches, and so they talked to you know old teammates like CC Sabathia and Randy Wynn. And so I guess I guess what had happened was so like you know bring it back to 2002. Joe Torre's managing, and Joe Torre, for those of you who don't know, he was a very um, very business like manager in the sense that like he was very you know, low key, gives like a very professional speech, uh, not a lot of you know energy there. And he's, you know, very, but very, he's a very monotone, very even guy, right? And, you know, the whole clubhouse was quiet. And so then Joe Torre, he says, okay, Ichiro, what do you have to say? And so everyone's just kind of like looking around the room because, you know, at this point, Ichiro, he's, you know, still a very young phenom, you know, coming off of his legendary 2001 season. And Ichiro basically pops up and, and he just says, uh, I'm going to, you know, edit this, but it's, it's, you know, let's, let's kick their, their, you know, effing, you know, fat asses, right? And just screams it, yells it, and that's oh, you can all he say says. it better than that. You can say <laughs> it better than that. He says, "Okay, let's let's kick their fucking fat asses, right?" And he's just yelling it, and he says, and, and just kind of looking around, they're like, "This is one of those moments where, like, did Ichiro really just say that?" All right, because you know they they didn't know much about him, and then it was everyone paused, and then just goes, "Yeah," you know, like a, like a movie, like you know, after the awkward silence, it's just like a big <laughs> big cheer. And so this would this became a recurring theme at the in the American League clubhouse before All Star Games. Ichiro would give this this speech, and uh, over the years he would add on a couple lines, uh, plenty more f bombs and swear words. But the, the 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 message was essentially the same. He's like, "Let's go kick, go out there and kick some ass." And I just think it's hilarious because all these players who they have they really unless they're in his division, probably don't have a lot of experience with Ichiro at this point because it's so early in his career. And Ichiro is a hilarious, mm-hmm. hilarious player, a uh, bit of a prankster. We, and We need an Ichiro episode. Oh, it'll happen. I think we'll, we could do one just dedicated to him and Zach Granke, and it would probably be our most played episode. Um, easily. <laughs> easily. But but yeah, and so it's that's that's one of my favorite 
uh, favorite legends surrounding the All Star Game is these speeches that Ichiro would give. Yeah, so uh, when I saw the Athletic come out with that Ichiro story, uh, you know those speeches were legends. I never thought I'd get to see exactly what he said. So it just brought me so much joy to finally see the words. At least in the first iteration, I'm sure it grew to right. be a paragraph length later on in his last All Star yeah. Game. But that just brought me joy to finally see that. Exactly. Yeah, and now I I know you talked a little bit about you know you want to see Reggie Jackson in the home run derby here. Um, now what we and I think last episode we even talked about his memorable home run against against mm-hmm. Doc Doc Ellis. You want to talk a little bit more into why that was such a big moment in All Star history? Yeah, so this was in the 1971 All Star game, and this was a memorable all-star game not just for this moment which honestly lives in you know legend again uh but this was the all-star game with the most hall of famers of all time Uh, i think they had 19 hall of famers on both rosters uh, nl and al so this is peak all-star and you have these people then that they kind of realize the special moment and they want to try to live up to it Uh, so you had doc ellis uh, we talked about him last episode uh pitching uh against be the blue by the blue and in the third inning, Reggie Jackson gets called up to pitch hit. And this is his fifth season in the league. So he's still kind of newish. Um, he's still getting himself, you know, set in the league. And it's a one and two count, one ball, two strikes. And then he walks up and smashes it 532 feet. It goes so far. It hits a light tower and stops dead and falls down. Uh, <laughs> now, it wasn't like it wasn't like the natural where the light tower explodes and they run the bases and this right. magical music. Uh, But there were still 53,000 fans watching this ball. And this time is still a little before, you know, people stopped to watch the, the, you know, the ball sail and the batter didn't stop and bat flip. But Reggie Jackson did. He stopped (laughs) to watch his ball sail out of the stadium. And it was just this incredible moment. And he has this great quote. Um, He said after the game, he says, uh, that might have been the longest one I ever hit. I couldn't have hit it any further if I stood at second base and hit it with a fungal bat. And so they say it could have hit over 600 feet if it weren't for that light tower. And of course, of course not. It's not going to go 600 feet. But in that mythology, it could have. And he went (laughs) to 12 All-Star games in his career, but that was his only home run was that one magical moment. And so, yeah. And what I think is entertaining is I'm is how much I wonder like okay was it really 532 feet now of course the light tower is a great marker so it probably was closer to that but I feel like there's a lot yeah. of these stories of home runs where you know the story gets passed down from generation to generation it becomes like you know you see a 450 foot home run turns into like 500 and then 550 then 600 and, right you know right. suddenly it's in orbit it's right like, like the, <laughs> it's it's like the barnstorming days when he hit a 350-foot home runs, yeah. but maybe it hit an oak tree. So they go, oh, it could have gone 625 feet, all-time yeah. record. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it, it is possible to go over 500 feet. It's been done, you know, a handful of times. Yeah. And given the power of Jackson and the speed of Doc Ellis, the pitch, it could have happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you think- can also still see it on YouTube. So you can go check it out yourself. And that's that's what's wild is is now it's 1971 and you've got you know and now especially today you've got like cameras that can you know actually this actually happened you know you can wa- watch mm-hmm. it back um, like I know back to just brief back to Shohei Otani there's this amazing footage from 2016 he's playing in the Tokyo Dome he hits a home run through the roof and that's a story that you would hear Babe Ruth doing or hear mm. from Mickey Mantle and you're like yeah okay but like did he actually yeah. do it. You know, there's there's no way a human being could do that. But, you know, in the case of Reggie Jackson and Otani, like we have actual video that shows us like, no, this person. Yeah, it's yeah. It's kind of like a peek, a peek into mythology and say this could actually happen. So the stories, there's a grain of truth in those old stories, too. Maybe not 600 feet, uh, for example, like the 30s or 40s, but it's it's possible. And we've seen it. We've seen it be done. So it's a little grain of truth sprinkled in there. I love it. Exactly. Exactly. Um, now, there, there is just what I, I was just going to say, like, uh, talk to me about uh, this World War Two war bond game um, at the All-Star yeah, game. This was a yeah, this is kind of the last All-Star uh, game I want to talk about here. But this was a really unique game. Uh, so this took place August 23rd, 1943. And of course, the United States is already in World War Two. Uh, so many of the Major League Baseball players are off on service. And so they can't, you know, go, obviously go to the game and things like that. 
Uh, but Major League Baseball wanted to do their part. And part of that was having this war bond all-star game where all most probably most of the proceeds will go towards buying war bonds. Uh, there were different level seats. You can $25 seats, $50 seats, $1,000 seats. And I haven't been able to confirm this, but I've seen a couple of websites say a million dollar seats as well. And they would all go toward these war bonds for the war effort. Uh, but this wasn't just your typical all-star game when you had players from that year show up. Um, of course, it was a depleted roster due to World War II, of course. But Major League Baseball reached back into their history to grab some of these all-time legends to play in yet one last game. Uh, so these legends included Honus Wagner, uh, Walter Johnson, Cy Young, Ty Cobb, Tri Speaker, and of course, Babe Ruth himself. This is well after the playing careers, but they sprinkled these legends into this game just to get people to show up. And I think there were 43,000 people that showed up to the Polo Grants to watch this. And these guys are old. Like these, these aren't exactly yeah. spring chickens. Like uh, Ty, ba- Babe Ruth, you know, Wayne in. Oh yeah. Ty Cobb is, he's got to be in his fifties and sixties at this point easily. Um, which I guess can help prove his point. Remember when he said, um, he was being interviewed one year, I think in the fifties. And he goes, so, uh, in today's league, you know, it's obviously changed. Uh, so some better hitters, better pitchers. What do you think you would hit in today's league? And he goes, Oh, probably. Probably just about 320. And they go, you would think, you think this 400 career hitter would only hit 320 in this league? And he goes, well, you got to remember, I'm 50 years old. <laughs> well, he's so, so Ty so Cobb, fun. Uh, Ty Cobb so is 57 in, in, for this game. So, like, imagine, like, who would the equivalent oh, of, you know, a 60 year old ball player, you know, playing today? That'd be like, off the top uh, of my head, Julio like, Franco. Like, Julio Franco. Yeah. You could have, like, I don't know, like, like a Gary Sheffield almost, you know, like coming back, you know, like something like that would be really entertaining. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, people watch this game, these legends pal around the stadium. If they could play, they did. If they didn't, they would still be in the stands. I, I don't think Cy Young got in the game because he'd be really old at that point. Um, <laughs> he'd be <laughs> his, his, his arm was, was uh, just hanging down limp. <laughs> yeah. But we did get the moments of Walter Johnson pitching against Babe Ruth. And for his last time in his life, Babe Ruth hit a home run off Walter Johnson in a major league ballpark. <laughs> so this is post-retirement Babe Ruth, and he goes up against his Hall of Famer. And what's one last home run? Right. So there we go. And I'm sure that and was that, worth that game a million-dollar ticket. <laughs> oh. If I had a million dollars in 1943 money, I would not spend it there. But if I had to, I wouldn't be too <laughs> angry about it. <laughs> yeah, right. Invest in Coca-Cola or something. <laughs> Right. That's funny. Um, All right. So, yeah, that's so, that's, that's kind of an all-star game moment that, at least in my opinion, isn't really told enough because that's just a cool yeah. thing that happened right there. Yeah. And, and before we wrap things up, I know we talked a little bit about it for, you know, in terms of like, what's your favorite home run derby moment that you've seen? But what is there like a specific moment from the all-star game that really sticks out to you, um, you know, <laughs> personally, I guess? Um. Oh my goodness. So growing up, you know, the All-Star game was a moment. Like I, I looked forward to it. I stopped everything just to watch this game. Um, so I remember watching it um, when Cal Ripken Jr. hit his home run in the All-Star game. I remember that being a moment. Um, I remember watching when they tied uh, the NL and AL teams. I forget what year it was, right. but that was a big thing when they tied. They stopped the game. Uh-huh. And then, of course, Ichiro's inside the park home run as well. I think that was at Giant Stadium, I want to say. Yeah, it's totally. Yeah, so totally those are kind of some moments that popped. In. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did I? Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, you're good. You're good. I mean, it can uh, so, be both so, so I'll go. I'll, I'll go then with the Cowardman Junior home run because that was a cool thing to see. <laughs> yeah, in his final yeah. season. You know, I remember just just growing up. Um, you know, watching these All Star games is like you know in the 2000s and 2010s, and just you know. It, this was in the middle of the American League just dominant run that they had where they won something like uh, I want to say like f- 15 in a row or something like that. I, I don't don't quote me on that, but they they literally had won like in a ridiculous amount of games in a row. And so like, you know, me being a National League kid, I'd watch mm-hmm. it every time. And I don't know what I why I expected it to be any different because you just have these, you know, Manny Ramirez and prime David Ortiz just beating just beating the brakes off the national leaguers every single year and that's what i remember uh most of course like individual moment has to also be you know watching i remember being 
in my parents' bedroom, watching it on TV, watching Ichiro line a ball into, uh, yeah, it, I don't know what it was called the park, <laughs> but yeah, eight, it, at the moment, um, AT&T Park, you know, Gi- Giants, where they play. Uh, and he, I think he lines it over Ken Griffey Jr.'s head in right fields because Griffey was on the Reds at this time. And it takes a weird carom off of that that brick brick facade, you know, out there. Uh, and, and Ichiro is just, you know, flying fast at this point. And I, I don't even know if it was very close play yeah. on the plate. Like he, it was, I think that's the only inside the park home run in Major League history or in All-Star Game history, at least. Yeah, I, 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 I think I think you're I, right. I, I think I think that sounds right. Um, yeah, so that 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 has to be mm-hmm. probably the individual moment that sticks out the most so to me. You, yeah, you, you just reminded me of Ken Griffey Jr. I just have one last thing to yeah. say here. Uh, this is this was a I think early two thousands. This was one of my favorite commercials that stuck with me. Uh, it was like a Pepsi or Coke thing or something uh-huh. like that. Uh, but Ken Griffey Jr. was at bats. And you kind of got his intro on the monologue of what he's thinking. He's saying, okay, it's 2 2. I'm expecting a curveball, things like that. The lights are flashing all around him. And he takes a quick look in the dugout. And Sammy Sosa is in there. And he reaches over and he grabs uh, Junior's drink and starts drinking it. And Griffey's <laughs> intro on the monologue goes, Is he drinking my soda? Sammy, Sammy. <laughs> and so instead of, you know, hitting that magical home run or what have you, he fouls the ball off and just nearly clipped Sammy in the face with a foul ball in the That's dugout. So funny. And I, I just I just remember that commercial being like a, a good thing to watch. I still remember it to this day. Uh, we <laughs> could we should totally do a a, a discussion on commercials because that just brought to mind the the Ryan Howard Subway commercial um for for me. But yes, oh, yeah. that'll so the all-star <laughs> game, all-star, you know, the home run derby coming up this week. Be sure to tune in um it's it's a great time it it really is and i know they're not doing it this year uh but my one of my favorite things was always watching each player in their individual team's jerseys right Uh, of course this year they're going with those really garish Mm -hmm. um i'll just say it just really ugly all-star game jerseys that nike's put out (sighs) purple and red is a terrible combination uh color combination and i'm not sure why we have to be subjected to it but it's going to be fun nonetheless uh we're going to see some home runs we're going to see shohei otani uh hopefully go go for that triple crown i think that'll be the the highlight of the weekend if he can if he can do it um Mm -hmm. so yeah so that will just about wrap it up for us here today uh so if you like what you're hearing uh be sure to follow short hops and tall tales on twitter at short hops pl uh and so you'll never miss an episode you can find brandon on twitter at bd riddle and myself at noah a scott six uh, and then be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen to your, to, to your podcasts, uh, and maybe leave a review if you like. But uh, for Brandon No, for Brandon Noah, uh, for, for Brandon Riddle, I'm Noah Scott, and this has been the Short Hops <laughs> and Tall Tales podcast. See you next time. <laughs>